back to Go Gaddis Real Estate Radio right here on AM 920, The Answer. In this segment, in our neighborhood spotlight, we're featuring Village Mill in Dunwoody. If you live in Dunwoody or Roswell or anywhere in North Atlanta, you definitely want to pay attention to that segment. Also, there are a couple national days of celebration in February, on February the 28th specifically. What are those, and are you planning to celebrate them And then four renovation mistakes that could decrease. Listen to that now. Four renovation mistakes that could decrease the value of your home. Don't forget, we want to connect with you. Go to gogaddisradio.com, G-O-G-A-D-D-I-S radio.com. You can ask questions. You can make comments. You can push back. You can share ideas. You can ask for your neighborhood to be featured in our neighborhood spotlight, which is coming up. And you can subscribe to our podcast. We would love for you to be a podcast subscriber. It is available on all major podcasting networks. Again, that's gogaddisradio.com, G-O-G-A-D-D-I-S radio.com. We'd love to connect with you. Each week, we pick one specific metro Atlanta neighborhood to call out critical changes over the last few years to help you identify as an owner of a home in that neighborhood how you might have an advantage when it comes to selling your home. And this week, we are featuring Village Mill in Dunwoody in DeKalb County. If you're taking I-285 to exit 30, which is North Peachtree Road, go north to Peeler Road and turn left. The neighborhood's on the right. In 2019, the average sales price of a home in the neighborhood was 581000 There's about 152 homes in the neighborhood. Listen to this. Only three homes sold for the year in the neighborhood. They took 45 days to sell. Average sales price, 581000 That was from a low of four hundred and eighty. Up to a high of 670000 The average sales price to original list price ratio was 97.81%. What does that mean? It means home sellers had to reduce the price of their home 2.2% in order to get someone who, uh, in order to get a buyer to enter into a contract with them. In 2020, there were three homes sold again. Instead of 45 days, it took 10 days from listing to contract. The average sales price, 478000 that means the average sales price went from 581 to 478000 in one year. That's a big, big drop. Probably just a fluke just for that year. Low of 365000 up to a high of 550000 Sales price to list price ratio, 98.9%. Homeowners discounted their home 1.1% to entice a buyer to go under contract. Now let's take a look at 2021 when six homes sold. That is very low turnover. For a neighborhood that has 150 homes, that means people must like living in that area. Uh, that's my guess anyway. And uh, the average sales price, 658000 which is $80,000 more than it was in 2019 and 180000 more than it was in 2020. Now, that is a big price increase. That ranges from a low of 607000 up to a high of 750000 Average sales price to list price ratio, 99.58%, which means home sellers discounted their pri- home price 0.42% to entice a buyer to go under contract. Right now, there's currently one home available for sale in the neighborhood. Based on the six sales in the last year, it would take two months to sell that home. And the sales price of that home or the list price is 579000 When we talk about number of months of supply, and I say it takes two months, that means if no more inventory comes on the market, it will take two months for somebody to put that home under contract. Then it typically takes another 30 or 40 days for the transaction to close. In 2011, at the end of the recession, the average sales price of a home in the neighborhood was $311,200. Remember, today is $658,000, which means those 152 homeowners have an additional 52 
$1.7 million in equity in their homes. Now listen to that again. Those 152 homeowners have an additional $52.7 million in equity in their homes. Elementary school serving the neighborhood is Dunwoody. Middle school is Pete Street, and high school is Dunwoody. If you are interested in the schools in an area where you're looking to buy and how those schools affect your child's educational experience and the values of homes, you need to get a school chimp report. It's real simple. Go to gogaddisradio.com, G-O-G-A-D-D-I-S radio.com. Click on school chimp. Put in just a little information. You can either get a report on one high school district compared to all the average of high school districts in Metro Atlanta, or you can compare one school to another side by side. It gives you an independent ranking on the schools. We believe it is better than great schools. It is better than school diggers rating. We believe it's more accurate. But the cool thing is it overlays all the demographic information you're looking for. What percentage of the homes are occupied by homeowners? What percentage of the homes in the school district are occupied by renters? What's the average educational attainment of parents in the area? What's the average household income? What's the average size of a house? The average age of a home? And we give you all the real estate sales data just by that school district. And that's very difficult to find. Even in places like Zillow, it's very difficult to see what's happening from a pattern standpoint for the last five or six years. But you can do that with a school chimp report. GoGaddisRadio.com, G-O-G-A-D-D-I-S radio.com. Click on school chimp, put in a little information, and we will take care of the rest. If you are searching for homes for sale and you're not finding what you're looking for, or even worse, you're finding it two or three days after somebody else has already bought it, it could be you're searching on the wrong website. I suggest you go to SureMLS.com, S-U-R-E-M-L-S.com. Why would you search SureMLS.com? Because SureMLS.com pulls listings from both listing services in Metro Atlanta. You'll go through a little bit of trouble of seeing two of many, many listings, but when you find a listing and there's only one of them, you might be finding something, and you might be the only person in Metro Atlanta that's finding it. SureMLS.com, S-U-R-E-M-L-S.com. February the 28th, two nationally recognized days. Number one, National Chocolate Souffle Day. Ooh, that sounds delicious. And number two, National Public Sleeping Day. A souffle is a delightfully delicious dessert. I haven't had one in years. It is the past participle of of the French verb souffler, which means to blow up or more loosely puff up, which describes a souffle perfectly. There are two essential components that make up a souffle, a French cream pastry-based flavored cream sauce and puree, and egg whites beaten to a soft uh, peak meringue. A souffle, a souffle gets its flavor from the base, and the egg whites provide the lift to puff it up. Many souffle bakers like to puncture the top of the souffle after removing it from the oven. Then they pour mouth-watering sauces onto it, such as chocolate, vanilla, or for a savory flavor, cheese and herbs. Souffles are an opportunity to show off and invite friends to share the celebration. I have not done much cooking in my life, but lately I've done a lot of cooking, and on February the 28th, I plan to make a souffle. It's also National Public Sleeping Day. If you're tired, it might be because the National Public Sleeping Day encourages you to take a midday nap right where you are. It is a day for anyone and everyone to take a nap on a blanket at the beach or at a park, in a movie theater, on a bus, train, subway, or any other place that you can actually take a nap. What kind of naps are there? There's a power nap. That's approximately 10 to 20 minutes long. Those are the ones that I can take during the day. The Brainiac lasts about 60 minutes and includes the deepest sleep. I can't do that because once I go to sleep, I might not wake up again until the next morning. There are the top five places for public sleeping. Now, I used to could sleep almost anywhere, so I could sit down in an airport and go sound asleep. I cannot do that anymore. I'm not sure what's happened. I have no problem going to sleep 
at home in my own bed, but I like to be protected. But here are the top five spots for public sleeping. By the way, it is recommended that if you go to do public sleeping, you leave your valuables at home to avoid any theft. But number five is under a tree in the park. Ooh, that sounds good. Number four is the mall in the middle of the work week. I don't know about that. Number three, reference aisle at the library. Oh, I could sleep there. Number two, the last pew in church during services. I have actually slept and taken naps in the last pew at church during services. And number one, a theater showing old silent movies. So either take care, either take advantage of National Chocolate Souffle Day or National Public Sleeping Day, both of them on February the 28th. The choice is yours. Would it shock you to find out that unique wallpaper, kitchen tile, and textured bedroom ceilings you added a few years back could actually hurt the resale value of your home? At the time you did it, it was probably the end thing, but now you've been told it's too personal. How disappointed, how deflated, how let down would you feel? We've got a listener question. This is from Julie, excuse me, Jill and Kyle in Buford. Says we're a few years away from selling our home and downsizing. Our oldest will graduate from college in three and a half years. Are there renovations that are just not worth doing that could actually hurt the value of our home? We want to enjoy our home for the rest of the time we live here, but we don't want to decrease the price. There are four renovation mistakes that can decrease the value of your home. The first one is hyper personalization. Home is what you make it, unless you make too you make it too much like you. If you're considering selling your home at some point in the future, try to steer clear of hyper-personalization. Prospective buyers want to be able to envision themselves in the home, which can be hard to do if it's full of the seller's character. We had a client had a huge Coca-Cola room in the basement, and you know what? The seller loved Coca-Cola, but not all buyers loved Coca-Cola. And so sometimes it winds up being um, uh, disruptive to the showing process to have hyper-personalizations. you got to be careful with DIY projects, do-it-yourself projects. We've all been there. We find something on Pinterest that we want to do, and we try it at our home. But don't fall down the DIY rabbit hole when it comes to home renovations because listen to this. Only half home buyers would trust small DIY projects by the previous owner, which means if you've done the project yourself, the buyer probably won't trust you. An additional 15% wouldn't trust any improvements or repairs made by the homeowner. Don't sacrifice utility for space. So if you're thinking about decreasing closet size and storage size, I would recommend you leave the rooms as big as you can, leave the storage as big as you can, even if you have to have limited space in the bedroom. I'm telling you, when it comes to places to put your stuff, Americans are very serious about that. And the fourth mistake, so the first one was hyper-personalization. The next one is DIY projects. The third one is sacrificing utility for space. And the fourth one is elaborate landscaping. Curb appeal certainly is a real thing. Clean manicured lawns are a great way to get a positive first impression, but elaborate elaborate landscaping, on the other hand, could do the opposite. Not everyone has a green thumb. And while some like lots and lots of landscaping, other people are hesitant to sign up for the responsibility of taking care of all of that landscaping on a daily basis moving forward. If you're looking to sell your home anytime in the next six months, take advantage of our seller confidence plan where we help you understand your options and make the best choice for you. Go to gogaddisradio.com. We'll be back next Saturday at 9 a.m., and we look forward to to joining you then. Have a great week, Atlanta. Take care.